has said that they will be filing for emergency approval for their covid-19 vaccine to the us drug authorities by 3rd week of november so then we have the russia's gamaleya institute who have said they have already started vaccinating people in russia so this is the global update 10 vaccine candidates in phase 3 clinical trials some of them have already started the vaccination programs in their respective countries in india we have three companies that is the serum institute bharat biotech and zydus cadilla who are just finishing up their phase 1 and phase 2 studies bharat biotech uh, told us last week that they will be starting their large scale phase 3 trial this will involve around 26000 participants in november so if you look at the indian landscape we are just wrapping up the phase 1 and phase 2 clinical trial and if things go well hopefully we should see an emergency approval coming from india early next year does india have any tie ups with any of these 10 global vaccines that you've just mentioned so yes india does have tie ups so we have tie ups with gamalia which dr reddies will be manufacturing uh, then we have the tie up the johnson and johnson which biological e will be manufacturing then the astrazeneca vaccine and novax this is a us company novax both of them will be developed by serum institute of india so we have tie ups with four of these companies All right. So, how does that uh, impact the actual access to vaccines that India are likely to get? I mean, when are these vaccines likely to come to India? Right. This is this is something which is a subject of intense debate on when of these international vaccines will come to India. Now, what we've seen in 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 the COVID pandemic is that there is 
this massive nationalism that is on, right? We have, we have seen resources such as PPEs, testing kits, were hoarded by one single country. They made advanced purchase agreements with several of the manufacturing companies for PPEs and for other critical equipment. And it was cornered off by few countries, primarily countries such as US and also few countries in Europe. This is the same expectation that will happen for vaccines also. We have already seen US has made advanced purchasing agreement with almost all of the leading vaccine candidates of the 10 vaccine candidates that we spoke about, except the Chinese ones, they have made the advanced purchase agreements. So the US will get the first dose whenever these vaccines come out. US has not only made the advanced purchase agreement, they have also invested in R&D of these vaccines. So we will be in queue. We, when I say we, I mean India will be in queue when it comes to getting these international vaccines that has been developed by these companies. Also, countries in Europe have made advanced purchase agreements. UK has made advanced purchase agreements. If you look at in the East, Japan has put up money and said that they will need few doses. Good thing for India is that we have a domestic manufacturing tie-up. Now, even these domestic companies have to go through clinical trials. Now, we know that the Gamalia Institute will be starting their phase two trial in India, along with Dr. Reddy's sometime in November. So by the time they finish the trials, by the time the results are out, it's still going to be mid-2021. So we are in queue when it comes to getting access to these international vaccines. But over the last few days, we've all seen various state governments talk about how their residents would get the vaccine for free. Now, could you tell us who usually pays for nationwide vaccine rollouts in the normal course of things because health is a state subject? And also, who is likely to get the COVID vaccine first because I understand that people like healthcare workers will probably get priority. Right. So the Universal Immunization Program of India that was launched in 1985, it is one of the largest in the world. It's the responsibility of the state government to ensure vaccination. Now, what we have to understand is that our immunization program has been tailored for infants, children and pregnant women. So for COVID, this is the first time we will be looking at immunizing adults in such a large scale. So the Ministry of Health has said that the first priority for vaccination will be essential workers, and this includes the healthcare staff. Now, this has been stated across the world that the priority should go to doctors, the frontline workers, and also a few bureaucrats in some cases. So that's, that's something that we need to understand that for general population, the vaccine might still be a bit far away. Now, who pays for the vaccine program? Again, if you look at the, the universal immunization program, it's the central government's responsibility to pay for vaccines. And this is something which will be followed for COVID also, unless the central government says that it's the state government who have to shell out to pay for vaccination. So these are early days. We don't know how this is going to factor in. But if you just purely look from the Universal Immunization Program of India, it's the responsibility of the central government to pay for vaccines. So going by that, it might well be the center who will pay for the rollout, though it will be the states implementing it. And uh, could you also take us through what the government needs to have in place for this kind of a nationwide rollout? What will the logistics look like in terms of storage and transportation? And what are the different moving parts that need to come together for something on a scale like this? So one of the biggest calculations that the government needs to have in place is that how many doses it will require to vaccinate the initial number of people. 
And even if you're talking about essential workers or healthcare workers, we need to know what is the doses that we need to vaccinate the initial number of people that we have in mind. The second factor that the government needs to consider is the cold chain space required for every district. Now, we have the infrastructure in place. We already have something called the National Cold Chain Training Center, NCCTE, and National Cold Chain and Vaccine Management Resource Center. These are two health ministry bodies who are in charge of training the state-level officials in terms of vaccine infrastructure management. And they do this for the universal immunization program. So this is one factor. We have the infrastructure already in place. The second thing that we need to remember is that we might not necessarily have to immunize the entire population. Now, to achieve an effective vaccine-driven herd immunity, we only have to immunize 60% of the population. So these are the numbers that the government has to keep in mind on, on how they're going to vaccinate the country. What will be challenging is when the COVID vaccine comes in, will it be mandatory or will it be voluntary? Now, we know again from the experience from the children and the infant vaccines that some of the vaccines are mandatory and it's free, but we don't know how it's going to be for COVID. So that's something which the government has not clarified that will, will we all have to mandatorily take the vaccine or it's up to our choice. The second issue is that should the government create an additional infrastructure just for COVID vaccines or do they depend on the existing immunization infrastructure that's already in place? In that case, the points of concern will be whether we can pull the COVID vaccination program without disturbing the child and maternal immunization work. And that is something the government needs to be really, really careful about, that we don't disturb the well-oiled immunization program that is in works in India and which has done wonders for children. So we don't sacrifice that for the sake of COVID. So these are the considerations that has to be kept in mind. That's a very uh, pertinent point uh, that you mentioned and taking off from that, do we have enough personnel to carry out this kind of rollout, especially if the case is that, as you mentioned, we might have you know, a separate uh, vaccination rollout? Do you anticipate that the private sector would need to be part of the effort as well? So absolutely. If you're talking about creating a separate infrastructure line, then we need to have the exact number of people that we are using for, for the other immunization work. And People, I don't think, is a concern in a country like India. What would be the concern is that how far we can train the human resources to gear up to roll out vaccinations sooner. And that's going to be the biggest challenge. The role of private sector here would be on, are they going to participate in terms of having their own vaccination program? Now, we're already hearing talks that few private organizations have approached the government to, to buy vaccines for their staff. Now, this is really interesting. This is something which is, again, not heard of before, where the private sector has said that, okay, you know what, it's all right that we will pay for our employees. So this is where we will have the private sector role in terms of are they going to take the responsibility of their own employees in terms of getting them vaccinated. The other role that the private sector can play is on, on sort of building up the whole cold storage facility. Is that something that they can help the government on? in terms of creating a much modernized logistical intervention, which might be needed at this point of time. Cold storage is a big issue. I mean, there's something, it seems like a very trivial part of the whole vaccine network, but we might have vaccines, but they might not be effective if we don't store them at a proper temperature. And India, with its climatic condition, these challenges are even bigger. So we have to see 
how the private sector can sort of involve itself in addressing these issues. Have concrete efforts from the private sector already begun in this regard? So what we know is that the pharma companies, they already have their infrastructure in place already. And they are the one who will be initiating in terms of offering their cold storage facilities because ultimately it will be coming from the vaccine companies. So there are talks of using drones to deliver vaccines in places where the the temperature requirements are really, really quite uh, critical. And this could be one of the options uh, that can seamlessly ensure vaccine rollout in a much more efficient way. However, there are regulatory issues here because for a drone to be used in India, we need to have permission from the Civil Aviation Ministry. And there is still no official permission to use drones even for a healthcare setting. So these are the regulatory challenges that has to be waded through before we actually use technology to vaccinate the population. That's absolutely fascinating because that's something that, of course, strikes all of us that uh, especially the last mile delivery of the vaccine in villages in far-flung areas, how that's going to be met. I guess this, as you mentioned, could be one possible option. Could you also tell us, you know, compared to the universal immunization program, what do you anticipate will be some of the uniquely challenging aspects of delivering the COVID vaccine? Uh, Something you mentioned, of course, is the scale, because uh, this will have to be given to adults and not just infants. But are there other aspects as well? So some of the aspects which I feel during the initial months is going to be who will get vaccinated first. I think there is so much of expectation that's been built up that the vaccine will be the way out from this current pandemic. But we all need to sort of temper down our expectations. So I think the biggest challenge is going to be tempering the expectations of the population of people of India where we are thinking that a vaccine might just be around the corner. It it might not happen. We've been speaking to various experts who are working on the vaccine side of it. And and they have said very clearly that it's going to take at least till end of 2021 for even like 20% of the population to get vaccinated. So that is something that we need to be very, very clear about that the vaccine for general population is not coming anytime soon. That's one big part we all have to remember. The second thing we need to remember is that there is no vaccine yet. We're all talking about these things with the anticipation that the vaccine will be successful. We still are in a trial stage. And if you look at any vaccine development, out of 10 vaccines that is developed, five of them fail. It's like a 50-50 chance that we're taking right now. So we don't know whenever a vaccine comes, how long is the protection going to be? Is it going to be for six months, eight months? Or will we have to keep vaccinating every year? Do we have to take the booster shots? We don't know. So these are the scientific part of the whole challenge which I think that uh, is getting missed in this whole euphoria that we are very close to getting a vaccine. So this is something which our listeners should also sort of prepare themselves for, that the vaccine is still some time away. Now, the other challenges that we are talking about is that will people be ready to take vaccines? Now, in India, compared to West, the whole anti-vaccine sentiments are low. Yet, we don't know if it's going to be affordable for people. We don't know what the price is going to be. Now, we have no idea if the government is going to even purchase a vaccine or not, or if it's going to be self-paid. Now, if it's going to be self-paid, what's going to be the cost? And will people actually go ahead and vaccinate themselves? So these are the other uh, practical challenges 
which I think that not much has been talked about because because the government is saying that we will talk all these things. One of these vaccine companies give a very credible data that the vaccine works. So if you want to just put it down in three points, is that A, will we have an effective vaccine? That's the big question. That's a big challenge that we are still facing right now. B, will people pay from their own pocket or will the government pay for it? And the last one is that it will take some time, at least a year or two, for the entire population to get vaccinated. Thanks for mentioning that because I have to confess that I'm one of those people who started making hypothetical plans around a hypothetical vaccine. But because you mentioned this, and this is something I want to bring up as well, do we have any estimates at all about what a vaccine shot will cost? Right. Now, if you look at the uh, COVAX facility, which is an initiative by the WHO, Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and, uh, and the Gates Foundation, and, and CEPI, which is, again, a not-for-profit uh, organization, they have said that a vaccine coming out of the COVAX facility will cost $3 per shot. This is the initial price estimate that we have of a vaccine. This is, this is the vaccine price that's quoted by Serum Institute of India, $3 per shot. Now, we don't know when a vaccine comes. Will it be a single dose or a double dose? But let's just assume for a moment it's a double dose vaccine. We are talking about $6 per shot. So this is the price of the vaccine that we have right now. The vaccines that might come out of the COVAX facility, this is the price they're quoting, $3 per shot. Got it. There was also uh, some reports that came out saying that the central government has set aside $7 billion for these efforts. Is that something that your sources have told you as well? So on the financing part, the details are really sketchy. I have to be really honest that there is several numbers that's been thrown, but there is not a single number that has officially come from the health ministry or from the PMO on how much money will we actually require for, uh, for COVID vaccine. What we understand from our sources in the government is that any purchase commitments will happen only after they see initial data from the vaccine makers. And we are not yet at that stage. All we have is data from phase one and phase two, which is just the safety data. We know that the vaccines are safe, but we don't know if these vaccines are effective. That means that do they protect us from the disease or not? So any advanced purchase commitments will only happen once the initial efficacy data, that's the term used, comes out of it. But India will still get vaccines from the COVAX facility, which is $3 per dose because we are a low and middle income countries and we are eligible as low and middle income country to receive vaccine doses from the COVAX facility. And what we understand is that the $3 price can also be brought down if there is a tender process. If there are three or four companies who are bidding for a government tender, the $3 might perhaps become $1. The other option for funding, if the government wants to pay for vaccine purchase, there is a provision from World Bank, which has offered $1 billion financing for purchasing COVID vaccines. So this is another financing option that the Indian government has in its kitty to use up if and when the vaccines come out. Divya, my final question, does India have advantages that will help make the whole operation of a nationwide vaccine rollout smoother? I think even in your last episode, you had mentioned our strengths in uh, vaccine manufacturing and the capacity to make uh, syringes, etc. Absolutely. This is something that's been talked about globally is the manufacturing province of India. We have the manufacturing capacity. We, are, we have one of the largest manufacturing facilities in the world for vaccine. Same with syringes. We might not be an R&D hub in terms of 
developing new vaccines, but we are very good on the infrastructure side. So we do contract manufacturing for several global companies where we do manufacture vaccines, syringes in a large scale. So that part of it is, is in place. So most companies that we've been talking to uh, say this, the lack of support from the government is one of the biggest issue in terms of the rollout or manufacturing of the vaccines per se. We are the only country who have not invested in R&D for vaccines. We are expecting that the vaccine companies will put up their own investment and develop a vaccine, which they have been doing. But if you look at Europe, countries such as US, they have invested billions of dollars on vaccine makers and across all vaccine candidates, because they think that if one of them fails, we at least have to back up on. India has not done that. And this is something which most companies have been complaining, is that we might have everything going for us, but the intervention from the government in terms of financial support is something that is missing. And this might slow down, if, if anything, this might slow down the whole development process uh, or even you know, the rollout that we all are anticipating will happen soon. That sounds like a legitimate concern that the industry is raising. And let's hope that the government might possibly revisit this approach as we get closer to a nationwide vaccine rollout. Divya, thank you so much for joining us today and explaining with great clarity the landscape. Thank you so much, Indu. So there we have it. Even as governments make promises about free vaccines, it's not going to be as easy as everyone getting a dose as soon as a vaccine clears all the trial stages. There are a host of challenges around it, starting with figuring out how many doses will be needed to the cold storage in a tropical country like India, and finally, the delivery itself. While India has some advantages like manufacturing expertise, and we now have the prospect of leveraging tech like the use of drones for last mile delivery, which sounds exciting, Divya very rightly reminds us that it would be better for all of us to temper our anticipation about a vaccine, which, as she points out, we don't have yet, and is also something which all of us are unlikely to get in 2021. In the days and months ahead, more details will emerge about that and other aspects about the COVID vaccine, which ET's pharma and health team will be tracking very closely. That's it from me today. You're listening to The Morning Brief from The Economic Times, and I'm Induleka Arvind. Today's episode was edited by Rachita Prasad and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty. Do write in to tell us what you thought about this and other episodes, as well as any suggestions you might have. Our email ID is themorningbrief at timesgroup.com. Have a great day ahead and goodbye. dot com.